0: Welcome back to the podcast. All right. So I decided to do something a little bit different for September and do a September series where I'm actually featuring your listener favorites from the last 70 plus episodes of the podcast. So what I'm doing is replaying your favorite and most loved episodes. I'm going into the archives, pulling out the ones you guys absolutely loved and learned so much from and replaying them here for you so you can catch up, you can learn more, and you can really just sit down, grab that notebook, and take action on what you're learning so let's get started welcome back to the podcast my friend so I have covered a lot of topics on this podcast so far. Um, A lot of them have been more about the mindset and kind of that idea of like how to run your business um, where you're feeling really confident and you feel excited to actually kind of wake up in the morning and hone your skill set and do something that feels really aligned to you. So I've covered all of that. And what I really want to do is have a good balance between that and about what I'm about to talk about the strategy. So I want to make sure that by you listening to this podcast, you feel like you have really actionable ways to step forward in your business. Um, And it's not just things that in theory would be nice and helpful, but actual tangible things that are going to get you results and are going to make you feel like you're moving the needle and you're actually making progress in your business. So today, what I wanted to bring you was a super actionable podcast episode on how to run a discovery call. So you might have heard discovery call, you might not have, depends where you're at in your business. Um, But the further along you might be, the more you're probably hearing in the industry that it's a really good idea to run a discovery call. And what this is really going to do is help you to, um, well, number one, be clear on who it is you want to work with, because the purpose of a discovery call is to see if you and your potential client are a good match to work together. So, if you're clear that you want to work with someone, let's say, who has digestive issues, maybe specifically IBS, and maybe they're looking for an accountability um, support, they want a coach that's going to motivate them, hold them accountable to their goals, someone that's going to check in with them and really be there to cheerlead and support them, if that's what they're looking for, you're going to have to be sure that that's the thing that you can actually um, provide for them in that coaching experience. So we really want to make sure that the needs are being met on both ends. So if a client comes to you with wanting this type of support, you have to make sure that you can also provide that as well. So a discovery call is going to be helpful for the client to understand if you're the right practitioner to work with them, and it's going to be very helpful to see if you want to work with that specific client. So you're going to see do they align with. The type of person I want to work with are they? Do they have the type of um, needs and desires and obstacles and goals um, of the type of client that I like to work with? Um, do they, you know, kind of have that personality that really matches with mine, right? And that discovery call, that first point of contact, is going to be an opportunity for you to really evaluate if you get along, if you really enjoy being in each other's company, if you like honestly think that you can help them reach their health goal and it's really just seeing if you're a good match to actually you know work together and to see if you know it's worth investing in the client um, relationship together because the thing is although I know a lot of us are just starting out and we just want to work with anyone because we just want to make some money what we really need to do is pull ourselves back and realize that this is about people's health so how are how are we going to show up best? Is it if we are just taking on any client for the money or is it if we're only taking on the specific clients that we truly feel aligned that we can help, right? So there's a big difference there. You know, are we doing this number 1 for a financial gain and to just, you know, take on as many clients as we can, get as many people in the door and, you know, just give them one-off plans? Or are we really in this to help people transform, to have this transformation, to have this experience, to go through this process in this incredible way where they are you know, feeling completely honored, they're motivated, they're feeling accountable, they're reaching their goals, and you're, they're really having fun doing it. Because we want to make sure that this is a fun thing for us. If we are starting our own business, we don't want to be waking up every day feeling like oh God, I really don't wanna work at that client today or oh God, I really don't wanna do this program or offer this package or I don't really wanna you know, do my sessions or any of these things. We wanna feel like, wow, I'm so excited. I get to wake up today. I get to work with these clients. I get to live my dream. I get to see people change. That's what I want you guys to feel. And by doing a discovery call, as simple as it sounds, that is going to help you move the needle closer to the place where you're truly aligned with what you're doing. I wanna really stress that, that this is a tool to help you suss out and see if you're a good match for the client and if the client's a good match for you, okay? So it goes on both ends here. So let's just dig right in into what this discovery call process is going to look like. And for some of you wondering, um, you know, kind of more the details of what does this discovery call look like, um, number one, you can call it discovery call, you can call it clarity call, I try to tend to tell my clients not to call it a free health session um, just because the intention isn't to get somebody on the call and give them a bunch of free coaching support. The intention is to get them on the call and see what their goals are and see what their needs are and then talk about your coaching program. So it's not about telling them to drink more lemon water and to get more protein and to give them individual health goals on the call. That's not what this is. So I tend to steer away from calling it a free health assessment or free health coaching session because that's not really what this is so I would use language more like discovery call or clarity call um, strategy session something like that goal setting session you know even though you're not setting specific goals you're getting clear on what the goals are so use language that's actually going to show them that it's not a free coaching call but it's actually to discuss if you're a good match to work together um, the other thing I get a lot of people ask me is logistically, how much time do I need for a discovery call? Um, well, I'm a talker as you guys know. So I usually run mine about 25 to 30 minutes long because I like getting a lot of detail from this potential client I might be working with for three months. But for you, you know, really check into how much time do you need to get through these questions. I'm going to walk you through in a few minutes because once you have a process of what you're asking, um, you're going to find that you can move through the content a lot quicker. So I would suggest between 15 to 30 minutes, you know, 20 minutes, maybe being the the real sweet spot there. Um, And then run a few calls at 20 minutes. If you're running a little bit longer, shift it to 30. And if you're getting it done in 10 to 15 minutes, great. You're efficient, (laughs) getting it done. And you can just change how long your discovery call is based on how much time you think you need. But I would really stress, try not to make it any longer than 30 minutes because, um, Again, this is not a free coaching session and we don't want to give people too much time where they're airing all their problems and obstacles and they're just talking and using it as a free coaching session. We really want to rein it in and make it really intentional of why we have them on the phone to begin with. Um, third thing I want to mention is people ask, you know, how do I run this session? So I usually run them um Online. So I use uh, Zoom, which is a, com- a video conferencing software, and I just use audio and I run them through the internet so that, you know, if somebody's in the States and I have a call, we can connect there and I don't have to pay long distance phone fees. Um, but I will also run some over the phone if I know that person lives in Canada with me um, and I'll do it that way. So it's really up to you. Um, again, maybe you work in a clinic and you want to run them in person. So you're going to have maybe The clinic receptionist set up, you know, 15 minute time slots every so often that you're going to bring on new people and you're going to have them come into your office and you're just going to run them through these questions. Whatever way you want it to look is totally fine. The number one takeaway here is to actually do the discovery session before you're bringing anyone on for one-on-one or group consulting, um, basically before you're actually seeing that client um, for your coaching session. So... What you're going to want to do is, um, number one, you want to book the call. So if somebody emails you and says, hey, I would love to work with you one-on-one, how do I sign up? Or if you meet them in person and they say the same thing, I want you to respond with, I would love to book you in for a discovery call so that I can learn more about you and where you're at so I can give you the best possible guidance available. So I would love to book you in so I can learn more about you and give you the best guidance possible. Okay. So we really want to make sure that you're addressing that it's so you can actually see um, or you can actually tell them, you know, the best plan of action. So you're really doing them a service is by chatting with them, getting to know them and leading them in the right direction. Um, So we're going to tell them we want to book them in for a call. And you're going to tell them the call time frame. So you're going to maybe say, um, I'd love to book you in for a 20-minute call or a 15-minute call. And I would also add in that you're you're doing this call to see if you're a good fit to work together. I think that's a really good idea because, again, it's showing them that they have empowerment in the call too. You don't have to enter the coaching relationship if at the end it just doesn't feel like a good fit. Um, and that's where we want to have a strong referral system. So again, if it's not a good fit, how can we refer that person out? So um, we're telling them we want to book the call and then I would go ahead and book them in for a call. Um, Again, if you want to create specific days in your schedule, like maybe every Tuesday between 9 to 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., you're going to do your discovery calls and only have that section of time in your schedule. So you're not trying to take discovery calls at 6 p.m. when you're feeding your kids dinner or on the weekends when you're out with your spouse. Um, So you make them whenever you have that time bucket available. And you're going to book that person in so once they're booked in i would send them a reminder to say hey just reminding you that our call is tomorrow at x time can't wait to chat with you if you have any questions you want to ask them before the call For example, um, for my coaching clients, I'll ask them, you know, why do they want to invest right now? Are they ready to invest if we're a good match? What kind of support are they looking for? And I'll kind of prep them with some questions. If you want to kind of have some questions that they've answered beforehand, give them to them before the call um, so that on the call, you already have a sense of where they're at and you can even address those questions if need be. So you have to send them the reminder, you've maybe gotten their answers back to some of these questions if you've done it that way. And then the next step is to actually run the call. <laughs> um, so I know this might feel scary for the first call or the first few, you might feel like, oh my God, what am I saying? Like, I feel so nervous. I'm going to pee my pants. Um, maybe I should just cancel the call that is normal. (laughs) You're going to feel nervous. So if you know that it's nerve wracking beforehand, just know that that's normal. Everybody feels that way. I mean, I've run dozens and dozens, dozens and dozens of discovery calls at this point, and I still get sweaty palms. So it's going to happen, but it's going to feel better over time and you're going to get better at it. So it's like a craft. You're just going to craft your skills. You're going to flex the muscle and build the muscle over time. So when you get to that call again maybe it's in person maybe it's on something like zoom online or maybe it's over the phone. What I want you to do number one is you know say hi be really pleasant Um, maybe like a minute of small talk to see how they're doing see how their day's going and then what I want you to do step one is outline the call details. So you could say, hey, Sarah, you know, I'm so excited that you're on this call. I'm really looking forward to seeing if we're a good match to work together. And I just wanted to remind you, we have about 20 minutes for this call to dig in and really see what's going on for you. So are you ready to get started? So what you've done here is you're reminding them how excited you are, why you're on the call, you know, to see if you're a match. You've outlined the call time. You know, we only have about 20 minutes. Does that sound good to you? And just seeing where they're at, right? So you've, again, reiterated the purpose and the time frame. So if at any point there's some rambling going on or they're telling lots of long stories, You know, we've already reiterated that it's a 20 minute call. You could even say, you know, that's a great story. I really like learning that. But unfortunately, we only have about 10 minutes left. And I want to make sure we get into, you know, the goal setting and the content of what you really need from me. So we can kind of use that as a buffer to remind them that we only have X amount of time. So once you've kind of outlined the details, I would start it off by asking them a question like, okay, so why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on in your health right now? Or why don't you tell me what brought you to the session to to see about working with me? You know why now, right? Um, if you know the specific health issue they have, like if you've niched down and focused on, let's say again, digestive health, health or IBS, you could say something like, "Why don't you tell me a little bit about what, like the a day in a life living with IBS looks like for you?" And then they're going to talk to you, and they're going to start talking about the pain and the struggle and how it's affecting their life and how. It's making them feel, and they're really giving you, you know, a lot of information about what they're going through. They're really coming up with those pain points. So at this point, step two, you know, you've outlined the details, you've got them, you've asked them a first question. Number two, I want you to listen. Listening is going to be super key here. You need to listen to the pain points that are coming up. You need to listen to the struggles that are coming up, and you need to, um, just give them space like think about it as a container of space that you're holding for them to express what's going on for them um, if you find that they get off topic um, you can even ask a few questions to bring them back on track so maybe okay why don't you tell me what the biggest concern is that you're dealing with right now or what have you tried in the past you know did it work did it not so let's say again they're going on about i all the ibs symptoms and the story of when they were at their work party and they had to run to the bathroom Um, Maybe you could say, you know, after that experience, you know, how did that make you feel? Did you try anything or, you know, did you work with a coach? You know, what really happened after that? And you're just kind of leading them. So this is really where you're doing that motivational interviewing, you're guiding them, you're letting them come to the conclusions and the answers, um, but you're not just letting them ramble on and tell you a 40 minute story. We do have, you know, it's going to feel easier with time, but you are going to guide them through this questioning process. But the most important thing is to listen. So try to give, you know, maybe it's five minutes of listening where they're just expressing what's going on and you're just absorbing. So then step three, after we've listened, we've given them space, we're going to relate and connect. So, what we want to do is actually validate that we've listened and that we understand maybe that we've been there before or that we know what they're going through. So, maybe you're saying, Wow, I can really see how that has been a challenge for you, you know? Um, you know, and maybe there you're sharing, in my experience, this, you know, I've experienced something similar. Or maybe you're saying, um, you're relating to them and saying, wow, that sounds really difficult. You know, how would it feel for you if you were, were to um, move beyond that struggle, you know, and have that desired outcome that you want? Or maybe you're saying, what would it look like for you if you were to achieve that goal you really want? And what you're doing here is taking the data that they've given you you're relating, they're they're feeling really validated because you're listening, you're understanding, but you're going a little bit deeper now. You're asking them some kind of follow-up question, and what you're doing is you're trying to bring them to some type of understanding or breakthrough, or you're kind of, again, helping them move the needle just a little bit. You're really just asking them, you know, and how would this make you feel, or if you were to, you know... Finally, like get move through this IBS and have this like life of your dreams. Like, what would that look like for you? How would that make you feel? And you're kind of helping to bring them from that place of pain where they were telling you why they're concerned and why this is really difficult. And you're starting to illustrate for them that, you know, there is, you know, by working together, there's a potential of moving the needle in this positive direction. So, again, we want to relate and connect. I think now we're on to step four. So what I would do then after you've related and you've connected, you want to start evaluating what they want. So start having them tell you what they're looking for in regards to results. So again, maybe they've said the the story about digestive issues and IBS and they're like, what I really want, you know, like, yeah, I've been feeling the struggle for so long and I just don't want to feel that way anymore. My life would open up in all these different ways. Now I want you to get more specific. Ask them, tell me, what are the results that you're looking for? Or how can I help you achieve your goals right now? Or why is coaching for you right now? Like what is happening right now in your life that this has to happen? And they're going to start giving you really tangible reasons why Right now is the time or what goals they want to actually meet or what results they're looking for. Um, So they might say, you know, I'm looking just for someone to hold me accountable to this. You know, I've had this issue for so many years and I just frankly don't want to feel this way, but I can't do it on my own. Or I want to feel like I'm actually moving the needle and I'm actually working towards something and I'm not falling back into my old ways. So you can help to guide them to, you know, if they if they're stuck here, you can say, you know, what tangible results are you looking for with the coaching relationship? Or, you know, how can I as a practitioner help you to get there? And they might say, you know, I really need you to be checking in by email. Is that something that you do? So you've evaluated what they want, and now you're going to, um, step five, reiterate what they've said to you. So again, we're going to re-engage. We're going to take what they've said, and we're going to reiterate it back. Um, This is a really important point because, again, you're illustrating that you've listened and that you are absorbing what they're saying and that you are integrating what they actually need. So you're saying back to them what they've told you based on what they have told you they wanted just up above. So you could say something like, based on the fact that you're struggling with IBS and digestive issues, and that you want to feel um, like you don't have to run to the bathroom, and that you can eat any foods, and that you can um, actually like live this life you fully desired. Um, I understand that. And I, and I feel that 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 is like a real potential opportunity for you to, you know, move from where you've been to where you where you want to go. And I really do feel like this program I have would be a good fit for you. So you're kind of reiterating set, you're, you're responding back to those pain points that they're feeling. And then you're showing them the desired outcome, you know, they want to feel this way. And then if you feel like it's a good match, you're going to tell them that you have a program that would be a good fit for them. Um, at this point I would say you know I feel like my beat the bloat program would be a great fit for you do you mind if I tell you a little bit more about that program or are you interested in hearing more in my experience if you've done a really good job of creating that scenario of the pain they're feeling and the pleasure they want to feel they are going to see they are going to say heck yes tell me what that program is I need it um, and you're not doing this in a manipulative, manipulative, way where you're like leading them into this and you're making them feel like your program's the only thing that's going to solve their problems. You're, you're being a genuine human being and you're listening to their concerns. And if you, as a person and as a practitioner feel like your program could really help them, you have to tell them about it. Because if you don't, it's basically a disservice, um, of you not inviting them into this transformation with you. So we want to really reiterate what they've said and um, tell them, you know, I have this thing that could really help. And at this point, if they said, yes, tell me about it, we're going to move on to the next point. If they say, you know what, I just don't feel like at this point, this program or you as a coach or, you know, whatever it might be that we're a fit, that's okay. If you also truly feel like that's true, I would then say, you know what, I agree. I think at this point, you know, maybe we're not seeing eye to eye, or maybe my program's not a good fit, and I'd love to give you a referral. And this is why I said earlier, having a strong referral system is key. I would say here that you want to have a few referrals in, in your back pocket, or tell them that you'll get back to them by email in the next day or two with a strong referral for them. That's going to be really, really helpful so they feel like they are being cared for and you're not just leaving them hanging. But again, if we go back to that they're a good fit, they want to learn more about the program, This is where you now, step six, go into selling your program. You know, here's what the program is. Here's um, what it includes. This is more the nitty gritties. You're giving them the program details. You're telling them, you know, how it's going to help them, um, what's included in it, you know, the logistics of how many calls and how much and all of this, so on and so forth. And then you're going to tell them the price point as well. Now, here's the most important thing. You've explained the program to them. You've given them the details. You're kind of now in that, you know, you're not asking the questions about how they're feeling or how they're doing anymore or what they're expecting. You're literally in the like, here are the nitty gritty details of what it is I offer. And then you're going to bring up and the cost for this is, and you're going to insert your price there. And what's really important here is that, Let's say your program for Beat the Bloat for the IBS, you know, to help with IBS, and it's going to help them get these results. Let's say the price point is $1,200. I want you to say, my program, Beat the Bloat, you know, it's going to help you go from feeling overwhelmed and blown, like you can't hang out with friends and family, to feeling like you um, can eat all these foods, you can be in social situations and not be nervous anymore. It's really going to empower you. Um, what you're going to get in that program is three months of my support where you get, you know, 10, 60 um, minute calls, you get accountability, you get access to text message support in case you need, you know, on the fly support. If you're at a social event and you're going to get this and you're going to get that. And the cost for that three month program is $1,200. You heard me pause there. And there's a purpose for that. You're going to want to pause after you tell the price. Please just don't ramble on and keep saying, well, I know it's a lot, but or, you know, we can do a payment plan or, um, you know what, I'll discount it for you <laughs> or whatever you want to say, which is totally understandable for a lot of us. Price makes us very uncomfortable. A lot of us um, don't want to price high. You might have scoffed when I said $1,200 because you're like, I would never charge that much. Or, you know, we have so much emotion tied up in pricing. And I totally understand that. It's something that you're going to be continuously working on in your business is having that really good relationship with money and um, pricing your programs. It's something we all struggle with. Um, But what I want you to do is say the price and don't say anything else. Until they respond, because it should be them to respond. And the reason for this is if we were to discount what you just said by saying, here's a discount, never mind, that's a crazy price, Um, I'll give you a payment plan or whatever it is, we're taking the power away from that client. We don't know if that client thinks it's too much, doesn't think that's enough, um, has money troubles, doesn't have money troubles. You know, we can't assume that for the client. So we need to hold strong in the price that we've set for this program and don't waver on it, right? You know, hold that strong. If they have objections that are financial, which we're going to talk about in a second, that's another story. But it's not up to us right away to brush past the price. Give them a moment to absorb it. And then have them say the next thing. More than likely, the next thing that's going to come out of their mouth is an objection. This isn't always the case. Um, I don't say this often, but I'm pretty good at sales calls. Um, you know, I'd say about nine out of ten, um, I I translate my sales call to an actual client. So I don't know what it is that I do, but for some reason, people usually. After I tell them the price point, a lot of the time I hear, it. yeah, when can I start? So that might be because I've led them through the whole discovery process where it's really, I've given them, I've empowered them and I've made them feel really good in that scenario. So they want to make the um, purchase. But, you know, one out of 10 times I get an objection. And believe me, at the beginning, when I first started out, I got a lot more objection. So if you're getting objection after objection, it's okay. It's normal. And I want to talk you through that for a second. Um, so what I want you to do if the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, ooh, $1,200. Okay, that's a lot. I wasn't thinking it was going to be that much. Or oh boy, Um, I thought this would be $100 or um, I'm going to have to ask my husband or you know what? I just don't think that my issue, like if I don't have to, you know, pay for that issue or like it's not worth $1,200, right? The the fears start coming up. The objections start coming up. So what we want to do is actually listen to the client objections and we want to honor them. We don't want to say, well, no, it's not too expensive. You're crazy. And like have this fight begin. Like we don't want to do that. We want to honor what comes up because this is a real thing for them. It's either a fear or it's um, something they need more information on. And I like to look at it as an opportunity to actually dig in more and see what's coming up for them. So if it's a pricing thing, you could say, okay, I totally hear what you're saying there. I can see that this is really bringing something up for you. So why don't you tell me what's going on? Like if they're like, oh, you know, and they're really uncomfortable and they're not saying what's going on, you know, just ask them what's coming up for you. More than likely, they're going to, you know, say, well, this is really expensive. I just my car just broke down. I had to pay this. and I had to pay that. And they're going to share what they've been going through. Um, so, again, honor what they're saying. Um, but kind of as the next step, what you need to do is evaluate the objections. So, You've listened to them, you're honoring them, but evaluate, number one, is this objection showing that it's a mindset thing, like they don't believe in themselves and they don't think that, um, you know, they're financially worth it, or maybe, again, they just don't have the belief that the belief is there. Or objection number two might be that they don't think that you're the right person to give them results right? So there's a difference there. It's number one, maybe they don't believe in themselves or number two, maybe they don't believe in you. So you really need to see if it's something they don't believe in their self, how can you help them again, move the needle to the place where they feel more confident in making this decision and turning this um, gray area, like their, their potential no into a yes, right? What do they need to do to believe in themselves a bit more? If it's financial objection, you know, maybe you're asking them, um, you know, would you like to think of ways together that we might be able to clear up this money for you? You know, and maybe they're like, yeah, maybe I, maybe there, there is a way. Or um, at this point, I would also say, okay, if that's the case that the $1,200 feels like um, a large sum to pay all at once, what I'm happy to do is give you a payment plan option. So you can give them another opportunity, um, you know, and that might ease their mind a little bit. Um, or again, if it's something, a mindset, like, I don't know if it's worth it for me to do this for myself, you can evaluate that objection and position it as, by them not doing this for themselves, what's happening, you know? And if they don't move that needle forward, what's their life going to look like? So you can really start to paint the picture for them, um, again, in a really loving way. We never want to manipulate, we never want anyone to feel bad, but we do want them to know that they can't just, you know, make those objections forever if this is something they've expressed is really important to them right if you've done the job of listening and hearing their their pain and where they really desire to be and then they say yeah but this is too much or too difficult and we say you know what you're right <laughs> we're not really being the coach of saying is this truly how you feel what else might we be able to do or are you you know really getting them to see if this is a personal um, block or, or an objection that they have. If this is an objection about you and how you are as a coach, number one, this again, at this point in the conversation, maybe it is about a referral and you needing to refer out. Or number two, it could just be that they need reinforcement that you've done this before, you've helped other clients, you've helped them see results, and you can bring in a little bit of that data. So you could even say... Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. My client, Carol, had the same feelings and the same fears. Um, but after working together for three months, you know, here's all of the positive outcomes that she had in, in the coaching relationship. Or maybe you're saying, you know what? I completely understand what you're saying. You know, when I first... Um, Wanted to work with a coach. I was feeling really lost and nervous, and that amount of money felt very scary. But my experience was that in working with a coach, it was super beneficial. And here's all the things that happened in my life, you know, um, that were positive as a result of that, of that relationship. So, um, again, with these objections, we really just want to honor where that person's at. We do want to help to push them a little bit if we know that this is for the greater good, um, but I would stress, and this is, this might be met with, you know, you might agree or you might not, but my approach to clarity calls and discovery calls has always been to empower the client and to have them make the decision. And if it's a no, um, that doesn't mean it's a no forever. Maybe it's a no right now. So I'm still going to nourish the relationship and have them feeling positive, have them feeling good. Um, and I'm not going to push them into something that doesn't feel good to them. So I know I've had this before where I've been on a discovery call with a cl- with a coach I wanted to work with. And they kept pushing me that if I didn't make the investment, I wasn't going to reach my goals. And it to me, it didn't feel like it was done in a loving way. It felt like, for me that that coach wanted to make the financial success of signing me as a client and that didn't feel good. So I always come at it from how can I empower my client to make the right decision based on what they need and that I have, um, you know, lower attachment to what's going to come out of this, right? If they sign with me, freaking fantastic. That's awesome. I get to help them, I've made a little bit of money. This is a win-win. And if they don't, that's okay. There's going to be another client that's going to come through and take that spot. So again, having the lower attachment where, you know, it's really about them at this point. So you've evaluated the, those objections, and then the last thing with a discovery call that you want to do is help them to decide. Help them to come to a decision to either work with you or to not work with you. Um, If they're like, you know what? Yes, you're right. This is scary, but I'm excited and I want to do this. um, You could do this one or two ways. You could say, okay, right now I'm going to send you the details for coaching and you can just go ahead while we're on the call and just sign up. If you want to hold them to that kind of expectation that they sign up on the call, sure, go ahead. The way I do it is I say, OK, awesome. So as soon as we get off the call, I'm just going to send you a link with details to sign up. Um, and you're just going to go through. You're going to pay. You're going to schedule your first session. And then I'm going to send you all the coaching details. And I, again, just my personality, I do a lower pressure situation. And I'd say nine or 10 times out of 10, they always follow through. It's not like once I'm off the phone, um, I never hear from the from them again. Um, Personally, that's never happened to me, but of course it might happen, right? So if you want to ensure that they sign up, you could put a little bit more, I guess, pressure on the scenario and have them sign up on the call, or you could send them the details after. And then if they're a no, um, again, I just want you to remember that that's okay. Um, maybe some of the other practitioner might suit their needs better. So you want to have that referral system and say, you know, I'm going to email you with some other practitioners. That might be great. Or if they say no, just, you know, be really polite and be – Really accommodating to that and know that sometimes a no might always come back as a yes at some other point. So I would still provide a lot of value and nourish those relationships. Don't just cut them out completely or write them off. Know that right now maybe isn't the right timing, um, but maybe down the line. And I've had actually some of the clients that I guess have been a no in the past or potential clients have come back to me and have joined some of my group programs and have invested at a later time. It, they just weren't ready for it at that point. And that's okay. So I hope that this has been helpful in terms of you know how to structure that discovery call. I'm gonna go over the process again really quickly. Um, but number one thing I want you to remember is to implement the discovery call please do that it will change your business and your outlook on your business and the relationships that you bring in and that's super important i want to make sure you are having the most nourishing relationships ever in your um, coaching environment because this should be something that lights you up and brings you joy doesn't make you want to like throw your computer across the room and like bang it on the floor i want you to really love what you're doing so the discovery call is going to help you get there so again just as an overview Book that call in. Remind them of the time frame um, for the call. Once you get on the call, outline the call details. Tell them how long it's going to be, and ask them a um, sorry, ask them a, an engaging question to get that conversation going. Something along the lines of, you know, what are you, what are you dealing with? What are you looking for support in? Tell me where you're at right now. You're going to listen to the pain points that are coming up and maybe use a few questions to guide them in a different direction or to um, bring the conversation back if they've gone on a tangent. Then you're going to relate and connect to them and, you know, show them that you understand and keep asking them more questions to help them come to some kind of breakthrough or understanding or even just understand more of what they want out of a coaching relationship. And then you're going to ask them, you know, specifically evaluating what they want, what kind of results are you looking for? Or what are you hoping to achieve if we were to work together? At this point, you're going to reiterate what they've said, you know, based on the fact that you're struggling with X and that you want X results, you know, um, I totally understand and I hear that and I think that my program or I know that my program would be a really good uh, benefit to you and would you mind if I tell you a little bit more about it? At this point, you go more into the program. Um, You tell them the price and you pause. And if any objections come back, you listen to them, you honor them, you talk them through the objections, you evaluate, is it a belief that they, or sorry, is it something that, sorry, is it an objection that they don't believe in themselves or an objection that they don't think you're the right coach or practitioner for them? And you're going to um, talk to those objections. And then lastly, we're going to help them to decide whether or not they want to work with you. Okay, so that whole process should take you, in theory, no longer than 30 minutes. If you find that your calls are going a lot longer, after you get off the call, write down what worked for you, what didn't work. What would you do differently? Because we're using this as an opportunity to learn. And we're also learning more about the pain that our clients are going through. So you might want to record what are those pain points everybody's talking about in these discovery calls? And what are those desired outcomes? Like how do they want to feel after they work with me? Because this is really good language you can use in social media posts, in your newsletter, and on your website so, use these um, clarity calls and discovery calls as an opportunity um, for you to grow your business as well. So, again, I hope this was super helpful. If you feel like it was, please share this podcast episode with um, your nutrition friends, post it on Instagram or Facebook, um, tag me in your posts. My Instagram handle is stephanielong.ca. I would love to see that you're listening to the episode. Um, and yeah, keep on sharing the podcast episodes. Thanks for being here, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.